How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, folks, it's another Saturday morning. And as you know, you can find us here from 6 to 8 a.m. every Saturday morning on 1250 a.m. The Fan. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. And Sam Schmitz is on the boards back at the studio. We do appreciate you hanging in with us this morning. And if you want to be a part of the show, you got any questions or comments, just give us a call at 414-799-1250. Or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Good morning, Danny and Sam. Good morning, Good morning. Tom. Good morning, Sam. So anything newsworthy, Danny? Anything newsworthy? Well, I got some newsworthy stuff, but I'm going to wait a little bit in the hour, or in the hours, okay. in plural, when people are awake and listening. All right. Well, I got a couple of things here. The, Shoot. The DNR has confirmed that fish taken from the Bay of Green Bay, these are smallmouth bass uh, in Door County, that have the, they've got the, vi- the largemouth bass virus. Uh, in September 2021, 14 diseased smallmouth bass were collected, and uh, the fish had skin wounds that appeared red, ulcerated, varied sizes and locations. Uh, these lesions had a cream-colored cl- layer of dead tissue. Uh, since 2008, smallmouth bass displaying similar skin lesions had been sampled during several outbreaks in Lake Michigan and the Green Bay waters. Now... Just to let people know, the virus can cause weakness, abnormal swimming, swim bladder overinflation, reddening of and death in largemouth bass populations. It can also do that in smallmouth bass. Uh, at this time, the DNR says little is definitely known about the virus' ability to cause disease or death in fish. But you don't have to worry. While largemouth bass virus is not known to infect humans, the DNR urges anglers not to harvest already dead or dying fish and thoroughly cook their catch. If you do, I wouldn't. But here's some recommendations they give. Uh, drain all water from boats, motors, and equipment. Well, we already know that. Do not move live fish away from a, a water body. Uh, handle bass as quickly and gently as possible if you intend to release them. Release them. 
target smallmouth bass during cooler weather to reduce the stress on fish. Uh, refrain from hauling fish in live wells unless fish are to be harvested. Well, you're not supposed to do that anyway. Uh, report smallmouth bass with skin lesions and dead or dying fish to local biologists. So, Danny, next next year when you go up there for the smallies, uh, be on the lookout for it. Well, I got a couple a couple of thoughts on it. I got that same memo as well. Oh, okay. uh, haven't had a lot of discussions with others. I did uh, I did text that information to my buddy Ron Johnson, who you know likes to fish those sure. bass tournaments up there. Uh, as far as um, if you get one with the lesions and so forth that is infected, I'm assuming that it then it, they can in turn infect other bass. Uh, normally we do catch and release, but I almost wonder whether if you catch one that is infected like that, whether you should keep it, not eat it necessarily, but just take it out of the system. Uh, they don't give any guidelines as far as that, but I would think the more diseased ones you take out the better that's yeah. one thought um the other thing with the live well thing you know the uh smallmouth bass uh fishery up in green bay now you know uh you know bill schultz writes for badger sportsman quite a bit and he uh my buddy mark horton is often on kind of an email chain with him and he was all up in arms a year ago because he's not catching as many thousands of bass as he normally catches, and they had some meeting last fall. And I don't think uh, we talked to Dale Strohshine about it. I don't think anything re there were any real changes that came out of it, other than they discussed some things. Uh, they had recently, maybe a year or two before, instated that uh, fishing ban on the Mink River where you can't go in there till I believe middle of June because I, I was in there previous and I saw people you know targeting the uh, target targeting the big bass in, in fact I know a guy years ago walked in there from shore there's a place you can walk in on a trail to the Mink River and the fish was right there in a foot of water and he put his bait right in front of it and he caught an eight pound smallie oh. um, yeah so they really do hammer them there and then there are a lot of guys who like to do the bed fishing uh, out in Rowley's Bay and uh, drop shot them and this and that. Now there they're getting the uh, the big males that can be up to 20 inches guarding the beds and there's some contention on that practice as well. Not everybody does it. Um, but with, with that being said, it now maybe it would be time. I'm not an alarmist where I'm like, oh, you know, I, I can't catch 100 bass. I'm only catching 50 a day. We need new regs. We got to protect them. I'm not an alarmist like that. But uh, looking at this, maybe it is time they cool it on those tournaments up there because they said uh, they said that uh, don't transport them in a live well. Well, guess what? As far as I know, that's what they do in those tournaments. They transport them in the live well all over miles of the bay. And, and uh, they're it. after them during the when they're susceptible during this, that spring tournament anyway. I believe that's when some are spawning. So maybe it's time they cool it on that. I don't yeah, know. What do you think, Tom? And if one of them has the virus in the live well with all the other ones, wouldn't you think all the other ones are going to get it too maybe? You know? I, I, so. I don't know. You know, may, maybe it's time they go to the format where, um, you know, that like the one uh, – one organization, I believe, has gone to like a, a deal where you uh, have to just release it right on the yep. boat mm -hmm. while you're there. I think that's what they have. If they're going to continue with this, 
Um, eh, you know, the tournaments, you know, I, I did tournaments years ago, some of the muskie tournaments, they were a lot of fun. But the other thing about tournaments is with the amount of money uh, that these things, I, I don't know, I think a certain amount of greed, certain amount of greed oh, kind of comes into effect there, which I don't know if fishing is meant to be a greedy sport. And believe me, I, yeah, I was close to winning 10,000 in a Pewaukee tournament years ago. And heck yeah, I wouldn't have complained if uh, I and Troy Woodrow had been able to pull another, another fish out. Um, but uh, some of, some of it, I, I don't know. I, I got a piece they, of news on tournaments too. What's that? Um, the great state of Illinois uh, has now, well, you know, they're strapped for money. You know, they're taxing everything they can. Well, guess what? They're going to start taxing tournaments down in Illinois. And they have just as many down there as we have up here. You know, bass tournaments, muskie tournaments, whatever. Well, it turns out that, you know, just like up here in Wisconsin, you got you pay a small permit fee if you're going to have a tournament with over 20 boats on a lake. You know, it's a small fee, $20, $25 permit fee. But now the state of Illinois is charging a 10% tax on the total prize money. So let's say you got a local tournament and the total prize money is $5,000. Well, by golly, Illinois wants their 500 bucks. Yeah, so now they're going to start taxing tournament money, which, of course, they've never done before and never heard of it before. Yeah, well, uh, get get ready. The way the world's going, get ready. There's going to be a lot more taxes, yeah. and uh, go to fill up your gas tank and uh, you know, see how that feels these days. So yeah, you're getting we're getting screwed all the way around and all this stuff. Now they're going to go after the fishermen. Yeah. So when they start huh. going after you know fishermen and hunters, then you, then you know they're they're getting down there. You know they're they what what else they're going to tax? You know. I don't know. So maybe they'll have a baby tax. They'll tax everybody for having a baby. You know. Hey, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but as far, but back to the back to the tournaments. Um, I you know I I do think that uh, that maybe at this point maybe they should go like I said before up in the Bay of Green Bay. They do the big spring one and they do the big fall tournament up there. They're very popular. I know a lot of people really enjoy them. In fact. Uh, despite all these great uh, these great fishermen coming from all over the world, it's Wisconsin boys who normally uh, are in the tops top leaders up there. So, um, so those are very popular, and they'll continue, I'm sure. But maybe they got to start tweaking some of those rules a bit. Yeah, I you know I didn't know uh, until I read that article that there was a largemouth bass virus, you know, specifically to largemouth bass. I thought it was there was just a a virus that some fish could get, you know, but I didn't know it was specific to largemouth bass. They well, that started it or whatever. You know that that might just be that they call it the largemouth bass virus because oh. it's predominantly on largemouth bass. But I don't know. Maybe it's possible it could be on uh, could be on other fish as well. Um, you know, I've caught walleyes up in the Bay of Green Bay, and I think you you talked about this before where in the spring I'll catch some walleyes and they'll have these weird white kind of uh, like growths on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've talked about that, right? That's, yeah. uh, what, what exactly is that again? I think you told you know me what? way back. I don't remember. There was a name for it, but uh, yeah, they get these weird growths on them that, gee, they just kind of look gross, you know. 
yeah, it looks gross, and I catch and release anyway, but, um, yeah, somebody told me about that. I don't know if it was you, maybe it was Steve Milliot years ago, knew exactly what it was, and I think that one, once again, I believe is harmless to humans, right. I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, anyway, you you catch something like that, and it's like, well, heck no, I'm not keeping that, but again, I wonder... Uh, when you catch diseased fish, uh, would it be would it be prudent to take it out of the system? Yeah, that you know that would be a question for our biologist friend. And speak and speaking of take something out and not release it, Tom, didn't it used to be as when I was a kid? Seems to me you were told that if you caught a carp, that it was illegal to release it. You were just supposed to you know like kill it and leave it on the bank or whatever. Was that? Was there an actual rule like that? I'm wondering if that was just an urban legend as a kid. A lot of people did that. Yeah. Uh, As a matter of fact, it was illegal to do the part where people would catch a carp and they'd slit its belly open and then throw it back in a lake. Now, that was illegal. That was. Okay. Yeah. But but did they actually have a rule that said you could not release it, or was that like an urban legend as kids? That's, I think, a legend. I'd never heard of that. No. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. you, know, you got to remember, some people, you know, still eat carp. As a matter of fact, I was at a grocery store a couple weeks back, and I'm walking by their their uh, meat department, meat and fish department, and I looked down and I saw this package, and it said smoked carp. And there was a lady there who I think was, like, one of the managers, and I says, excuse me, I said, uh, I've never seen this in a store before. You have smoked carp. And she says, yeah, we've had a few customers asking for it. And I said, well, how about that? <laughs> First time I ever saw that. So what store was that? Uh, it was Festival Foods out on Fest- Highway 100, just west of, on Greenfield, just west of Highway 100. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting. Um, it's different. I'm, and I'm wondering what kind of carp. Are they starting, because I know they're trying to find more and more ways to utilize those Asian carp. Right, right. Um, down in Illinois, especially. I think they were making some dog food out of them for a while. Um, and seems to me that I heard they're grinding them up and making them into, like, fish patties for human consumption. Seems to me I, that, I heard that. That that could be, uh, uh, what do they call those urban legends? Uh, because years ago they had the urban legend where McDonald's fish fillets were uh, made out of uh, Mississippi carp. Uh, and that was just an urban legend. You know, they just used the white fish uh, that are caught out of the Pacific Ocean. So, Is that what it's made out of? Did you actually re- yeah. research that, Tom? Yeah, it's, uh, what are they called? Pollock. Pollock. Uh, the schools of Pollock in the Pacific Ocean are so huge, Danny. They're like 30 miles long, uh, 10 miles wide, and, and like, I forget, it was like 500 feet deep. They're just huge. And uh, there was a special on them once about how they have these trawlers that are as big as two football fields, and they've got a full factory on these ships where they drag in hundreds of thousands of tons of these pollock, and they process them right on the ship, you know, and freeze them. And that's what you see in the stores. I mean, yeah, it was just unreal. So very you're, interesting. You're, very. You're saying you're saying McDonald's could go offer some two for 
two-for-one deals on the old fish sandwiches and the old Pollock population would never be in danger. No, never. Never. Okay. All right. Yeah. So anyway, we got to go to our first break, Danny. Folks, if you got any comments, questions, 414-799-1250 or email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Danny and I will be right back in just a couple of minutes, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. Sam, as usual, doing a great job in the studio taking care of us. And if you have a comment or question, as Tom said before, uh, hunting or fishing report 414. And uh, as Tom instructed everybody last week, you got to dial the area code now in, as well. Uh, 414-799-1250 or... Tom loves, I mean loves when we get emails, so email ceoguys at yahoo.com and uh, get a hold of us and we'll be glad to uh, take your questions or comments. Well, I got two more things. Number one, uh, my son Nick, he's up there hunting. He called the other day. I didn't talk to him. My wife did. He shot uh, what he thought was a doe. But it was, and he thought it was a really big doe. It turned out it was a buck that its antlers were broke off. And hmm. I guess, now, you're, you're the expert on deer, Danny. Uh, do they consider that a doe then or a buck? I don't know, and I, I wonder what bathroom it was using. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I get it. Okay, got it. It went over my head at first. <laughs> I got it. Or maybe it was a, a buck well, you know, identified that, I mean, a doe. it's really, however that deer wanted to identify. If it felt like a doe, it's a doe. If yeah. it felt like a buck, it's a buck. So, so. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know what they, I, from what he said, I guess it's it's considered a doe then. Yeah, I believe if it doesn't have uh, antlers, three inch, if it does, if it's less than three inch, uh, it would be considered an antlerless. If it's three inches or more, so I'm guessing, you know, if it got broke off and there were one-inch stubs, you could probably uh, register it as a doe and save your buck tag. So, right. yeah, yeah, definitely, because, yeah, then the guy would be screwed. All of a right. sudden he thinks he's taking a doe and he wants to save his buck tag. Well, and, so, you know, he doesn't really care so much about, I mean, yeah, he'd like to, he's got some nice bucks already, but, you know, yeah, you'd like to get that monster buck, but he, 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 he shoots the deer for the meat, you know. That's what he wants. Because well, he, he takes after his father. A good old meat and potatoes. I used to eat deer kind of a guy. But uh, yeah. <laughs> now well, I'm watching my health eating high-fat pork and well, beef well, instead. Well, you like it. This week's gut report, I got, a, I got a choice for you on two venison dishes. Choice. I'll tell you that before we go to the gut report. Well, well that's that's good. Yeah, that's good. So, we got to get those venison uh, reports out. And speaking yeah. of venison... Uh, make sure, if at all possible, this time of year, um, especially being as I bought a new truck a couple of years ago and I'm getting old and more cautious, not, you know, driving down the road at 130 miles an hour in a Trans Am like when I was 20 years old. 
Uh, I'm avoiding driving at night <laughs> because too many goddamn deer running around. The rut's going on. Uh, I got a um, uh, picture sent to me from our friend Ron Johnson. We've got a mutual friend named Brandon. Looks like he got a big buck yesterday. Congratulations, Brandon. And one of our good listeners, Nick, he wasn't listening to the show last week. He, uh, I think he probably shot, a, he sent me a picture of a big buck that he shot, I believe, last week, Saturday morning. So now's the time to get the big ones. And, you know, I shot two big ones last year. I'm looking at them on the wall right now. And it was kind of like when I finally caught the 50-plus inch muskie. Once I kind of accomplished that, it kind of took the edge off. And I don't feel all... I don't know, uh, like I'm really uh, hot to trot to get out there and, oh, I got to go get a big buck. I got to be out there hunting. I really haven't gotten up there and I'm thinking, well, do I go this week? Well, do I go the next week? Oh, it's going to cost me this much in motel fees. Maybe I'll just wait till gun season, shoot one then. And I'm like you, Tom, I'm, or like your son, I'm kind of like, eh, you know, if I got another big one, geez, then I'd be stuck paying all this taxidermy bill again. Maybe just shooting a small deer or getting a doe and getting some meat is all I need this year. I don't know. The freezer's empty, and I do love to eat it. Yeah. Well, two, uh, one other thing I wanted to, we got to mention this twice in the show. Once twice. In the first hour, once in the second. That, uh, since we're not on the show every day, I mean on the air every day, sometimes we have to plug things that are during the week, you know, so that are coming up. And November is going to be Veterans Day. So, you know, folks, remember Veterans Day. That's coming up on November 11th. Uh, so we'll let everybody know that, you know, because they do a great job for us, and uh, we have to honor them. So anyway, so that's November 11th, Veterans Day, and we'll, talk, we'll mention it again maybe uh, later on in the show in the second hour. So. Gotcha. gotcha. So let me, here's your two choices, Danny, when I do the gut report. Okay, shoot. You can have venison stroganoff. Or you can have venison Italian meatballs. <laughs> venison Italian Stroganoff meat. or venison Italian meatballs. What, what uh, kind would you like? Go with the stroganoff. Uh, seems to me somebody was giving me a similar recipe a while ago on that. And All right, it, I'll it do sounds that. Like it's, huh? It sounds like it's really tender and good. Yes, it is. And, it, and it's real easy to make. I mean, my That's, goodness. Yeah. That, that's what I was thinking. Easy is my middle name. We like <laughs> easy. Me too. I, I like stuff that's easy. Stuff that you have the ingredients in your pantry, not that you got to go out and buy some stuff that you can't pronounce, you know. I don't like, I don't do those. So a lot well, of times, huh? Well, you know, you mentioned the pantry, Tom. Um, you know, with most wild game, I think if people start to be creative, and try some different things there's lots of good ways fish fish is a prime example when i when i pulled seven different recipes out of my butt and made those brown trout on the grill for you guys years ago and i just made those recipes up the night before you know as i was putting them together so lots of good stuff you if you use a little imagination use those spices and so forth um however go easy on the sodium we don't want our listeners having high blood pressure you know, I I do that too. You know, I I experiment, and and I'll be frank. I mean, I'll tell you, I some of my experiments are terrible. <laughs> you know, they they're not good at all. You know, and so you you like write that one down and throw that one away. You know, it's like, well, don't don't ever do that again. But you know, that's how you learn. You know, 
you, you trial and error, you know, you, you do that, you know, with a lot of things in life, you know, and so, you know, that's one of the things in cooking, you know, uh, you can try different, like you said, with these different spices, you know, sometimes you don't know which two or three might go together really good, you know, until you try it. And, and sometimes simple mm-hmm. is is better. Um, you know, I, the, the recipes I don't like, uh, and I've, I've used them, is ones where you've got to get like 10 ingredients and you only use like a half a teaspoon of this and half a teaspoon of that. So you got to go to the store and I'm at the spice rack and I'm like, where is this? Never heard of it before. And I find it at the bottom of a shelf and get all these things. And it just seems to be and too much. And you use it only once. Yeah. And uh, the one time that I did do it is uh, there was uh, that that group Squirrels Unlimited, yeah. uh, which I believe the guy was his name Wendell Holloway was he the guy who owns Luma Marine down there in Arkansas? Some big he was the one who had that he was on our show years ago. He they had a they had a, uh, a, a newsletter that would come out like once every couple months. And uh, it was kind of like called the Nut Report or whatever goofy thing it was. And they had a recipe that called for a bunch of ingredients. And it was, I think it was called a honey mustard bake. And I'll tell you what, it was worth the time getting those ingredients because it was the best squirrel I've ever had. Oh, wow. It was as good as any chicken wings you'd get at a top quality restaurant. Because uh, that's what I was, just the back legs, kind of like a chicken chicken leg or whatever. It was great. I and Waka chowed them down out here. And you know, I lost that recipe. Uh-oh. I've searched everywhere. I can't believe I lost it. But that was the one time when it was worthwhile going to get all those ingredients. Well, I'll tell you what. This recipe will, recipe will be worthwhile, too. So we'll be right back, folks, with the gut report. And uh, so stay tuned with the venison stroganoff recipe. We'll be right back. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, this week, since a lot of people are, maybe next week too, getting a lot of deer and making deer, this is a venison stroganoff. Now, I don't have exact amounts. Uh, That's not always the way I do things. So... You want to cube some venison. Let's let's say you got a pound, pound and a half of cubed venison. Then you want to add about eight ounces of mushrooms, one onion diced. Oh, those mushrooms should be sliced. Uh, one onion diced. And then add enough water to cover or almost cover the cubed venison, and but add it by cups cause, because you're going to be using uh, beef bouillon cubes. Now, if you use, let's say, four cups of water, you're going to need four beef bouillon cubes, and you want to crush them so they're powdery. You put all that in a pot, cover it, bring it up to a boil, and then put it on uh, low. And you just simmer it for about an hour and a half. Then check the meat, make sure it's tender, which it will be. And then you make enough cornstarch slurry to thicken it to the consistency you want. Once it's thickened, you add a couple dollops of sour cream, mix that in with some salt and pepper to taste, and you pour it over wide egg noodles. It is simple and delicious. I'm sure you'll like it. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you'll find the best price, selection, and service at 51st in Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. And by the way, a 
good table red wine goes great with this. And for weekly specials, and you'll find them there, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan. He's Frank. Sam is on the board. And we... <laughs> now, Tom, I, did, I thought you were going to ask, why are you calling me Frank? Okay, but... why are you calling me Frank? Because a while ago you said, I'll be Frank. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, dumb joke. No, that stroganoff, that sounds really, really good. Yeah, it's and you, very it, easy it, and very good. And, you know, seriously, a lot of my rest, a lot of things that I make, um, I don't really measure things, and my wife gets on my case for that a lot. I don't measure them, you know. I figure some of this, some of that, and then when I try to do a gut report, I try to think, okay, about how much did I use for that, you know. And uh, so it's one of those things you... You know, if you've done enough, you you can eyeball things pretty good. So, so you mentioned boiling. Uh, I'm thinking a guy could probably use the crock pot as well for something like that, huh? Just yeah, slow, yeah, you could, you could. I've always slow. just done it on the stove. Uh, I see. I wouldn't know how long to put it in the crock pot. I know okay. on the stove on simmer, it's like an hour and a half. In the crock pot, I don't know what would it maybe be six hours, four hours. So, I, I I don't know. You see, you'd have to kind of, well, I guess you could just look in there and see. Uh, I don't know. Kind well, of. with a crock pot, you should never open that lid to check because oh. you let out a lot of the heat, and then it takes a while to build back up again. Oh, That's okay. what I've been told. Never well, never open that lid. Well, then I break those rules because <laughs> when I make my venison chili, I'm always Uh-oh. opening and putting my nose in there oh, just to yeah. kind of smell or taking a little teaspoon and trying it. Yeah. But, um yeah, the only thing uh, you mentioned, uh, what cornstarch did you say to a thicken? Cornstarch slurry. Do you know what okay. that is? I have no. I've never used cornstarch. Okay. Don't even know what it is. If you have a liquid, okay, and you want to make it into a gravy, all you do is got to take cornstarch and water together, mix them together, and you make what's called a slurry. It's just mixing the cornstarch and the water together. And then when you bring it, bring the heat up on the liquid, you pour that in a little at a time and stir, and eventually that liquid will get to the thickness, whatever thickness you desire. The more cornstarch slurry you put in, the thicker it gets, you know. So, but you so you got to watch it, you know. So, you so you're using basic. You're basically using the juices from the meat to make the gravy, yeah, then. Because you're put well, not just the juices from the meat, because you're using about four or five cups of water and the bullion cubes, one bullion cube per cup of water. And uh, and so what you're going to end up with after that hour and a half is, uh, you know, it's like a, it's a beefy, watery liquid that's in with the venison. So you want to thicken that into a gravy, you know. So, okay, And gotcha. that's what you need the cornstarch slurry for. And, you know, it's funny, I... Uh, have you ever, you've had uh, uh, egg foo young before, haven't you? No, never had egg foo young. Oh no, oh it's very good. Well, anyway, when you go to a Chinese restaurant and have egg foo young, they have a sauce that's a gravy next to it. Okay, and I make egg foo young at home, and I could never figure out 
what what is a good gravy for it? You know, I want want to make something like they got at the Chinese restaurant. And I tried several recipes, and they were terrible. And just the other day, I found one that and it tasted just like it, and it was so easy, I could not believe it. You want to know what it is? It was hmm. a cu- it was a cup of water, one chicken bouillon cube crushed, uh, one tablespoon of cornstarch, and one tablespoon of uh, uh, soy sauce. You heat that, you mix it all up, you heat it up. And you might have to add a little water if it's too thick, you know. And it tasted just like the stuff at the Chinese restaurant. It was, it was so simple. And it's like, wow, how about this? So now I'm looking forward to making some egg foo young this week. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, for years I've tried to make sesame chicken and or sesame squirrel or whatever, just like the Chinese restaurant. And I've come to the conclusion that I'll just go to the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. I know there's some things at in the Chinese food that they use some ingredients, you know, like fish sauce and other things that you don't normally we don't normally carry in our kitchen cabinets, you know. And I don't want to go out and buy a bottle of something and just use it once in a great while, you know. I mean, so yeah, I know. I'd rather. As a matter of fact, I was just at uh, my family and I were just at the Chinese restaurant yesterday, last night. And I, God, I love that Chinese restaurant. I really like it. I like that Chinese food. Or yeah. that remember that one running back, that real big guy the Packers had. He called it China food. Uh, was that Eddie Lacy? Yes, yeah, Eddie Lacy. Yeah, he called it. Well, China let me food. tell you what, that <laughs> stuff sure worked on his belly because he ate himself right out of the league, I believe. Oh, he sure did. He got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after he was out, he got even bigger. I, I remember uh, it was like a year or two later I saw a picture of him that yeah he got he got real big yeah 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 so, so he's yeah, the guy who liked food you know That's well a, maybe he needed a food intervention so let me let being as speaking of guys who like food not to mention any names there Tom I mean Frank <laughs> um, what is Tom what is your favorite way to make fish what's your favorite because you got a ton of recipes oh. you talk about this what would be your number one best way to cook fish my favorite way is the brown butter fish okay you put like a a stick of butter in a pan bring it up bubbling lay my fish in there with a little salt and pepper put the lid on it let it depending on the thickness of the fish they sit in there for anywhere from five to eight minutes you lift it up, put it on a plate, you spoon some of that buttery sauce over them, and then a sprinkle a little dill over the top. And that that's my favorite. Well, that sounds fantastically simple. It is. It's, it's, it's very simple. And it's also maybe a little more healthy than, than the fried fish in oil. But then right. again, there's baked fish I like, too, that's healthy as well. So you said... Uh, you said brown brown it in butter is that what you said yeah or... basically and you don't have to flip the fish either you take a stick of butter put it in a pan and then when it starts to bubble what will happen is the butter will go from a regular butter it'll turn a little brownish and that's why they call it a brown butter fish and it it has a little bit different flavor when that butter is brown and when you lay the fish in there you cover it and you don't have to flip it you just cover it let it in there and like I said, depending on the thickness, five to eight minutes, it's done. 
I mean, it's real fast, easy, a little salt and pepper, and then I use the dried dill. And you spoon that uh, that buttery liquid over it, you know. As a matter of fact, and if a person wants to get fancy, you add a little uh, cornstarch slurry in with that butter, and it turns into like a gravy, a buttery gravy. So, you know, you can do a number of things with it, you know. Number of dill. Things. Okay. Yeah, what is dill. dill? What is dill? Is that dried some kind dill? of thing I find in the spice aisle? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You can find dried dill. Uh, a lot of times people like using fresh dill. It grows wild all over. I got it growing around my house. I never planted it once in my life, never. It just starts growing wherever it feels like it. And then what I do with it, uh, once the stalks get like three feet tall, I cut them, big bunches of them, and I tie them together, and I hang them in my garage for about two or three weeks in the summer. And, you know, it gets hot in the garage. And and then I just knock off all the leaves and then all the, you know, the dill stuff. And then I take it in the house and I sift it like six different times to get all the little little sticks out of it and that, the thicker stuff. I sift it and then I have my dried dill for the following year. It works pretty good. But, yeah, dill you can find all over the place. You can find it uh, fresh dill, in, you know, in the grocery stores. Yeah. And it, so it's it's like it's a green little plant. So I'm thinking yeah, it's like it's little, little green, little green. They're not leaves. They're just like like hairs. <laughs> and, but hair. they must have some type of a, a pretty strong taste. Then if it, it has that it, much of an effect, it has a it has a yeah. A lot of people like it. Uh, there's maybe some that don't, uh, but uh, most people do like dill. It has a nice flowery scent and flavor. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's, okay. It's that, good. Great I recipe. Yeah. Huh? That's a great recipe. I'm gonna have to try it. Simple, it's, it's, simple for the fish. Yeah, it's very simple. And what I like is you don't have to fool around flipping it. You know, flipping the fish. You know, um, it works ex- extremely well. You know. Could you use fact. margarine instead? Could you use margarine instead of the butter? No, doesn't taste the same. Really? Yeah, it does not taste the same. So, and I'll tell you, if you know, when you're fishing off your shoreline there by you, if you catch yourself a 14, 15 inch bass, fillet it and skin it, and do that brown butter recipe with it, I'll tell you what, it it it, it is very good. The bass are very good in it. Yeah. Okay. So, now I got something to look forward to. Just yeah, gotta catch spring, the bass. <laughs> which isn't too far away. Right. <laughs> Next year. Oh, when we come back, well, we got the the gut. Oh, excuse me, we've got the the hornswoggle. When we come back, and uh, it's brought to you by Carl's Country Market out there in Menominee Falls on the corners of Pilgrim Road and Silver Spring. As a matter of fact, if you're looking for German delicacies or German foods, they got them at Carl's Country Market, and they also do deer processing and fish smoking. So don't forget all that stuff. But if you want to be a contestant to win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market, if you haven't won in the last two months, you can call us right now at 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250, and good luck to everybody.
welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. Sam is in the studio manning the boards. We always take the moment, a moment during our show to thank our listeners near and far. Some are listening live. A lot of them are listening after the fact, listening online. And uh, we also thank law enforcement for what they do. We back the badge. We support military, health care workers, first responders, all the great Americans out there keeping, our, keeping us safe. And uh, we do have our Hornswoggle segment right now. And uh, the prize packages for the Hornswoggle are the responsibility of the Cutting Edge Outdoors. In other words, me and Tom, not the station. And right now, what you can win is a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. Now, normally we get about, you know, all these calls calling in at once. But everybody's sleeping again this morning, so we still got an opening for somebody to win the $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. I'll make the questions fairly easy, so it shouldn't be too hard. So give a call if you want to win. I will mention that uh, we had a past winner, uh, Mitchell Spurka, from about a month ago, and his, uh, his gift certificate card got returned as undeliverable. So I checked the address again online and resent it, and it was pretty much the same address, except instead of putting street, I put drive and made a minor change, and it came back undeliverable again. Ah. So if uh, Mr. Spurka, if you're listening, you should call into the show and leave your new address uh, with Sam. Otherwise, yeah, you got to leave not... the phone number again. Maybe, well... Maybe leave the phone number. Normally, no, no, I don't no. need I mean, the phone. You got to give our phone number again. Well, I'm working on that. 414 Give us a call, and you can be a winner for the Hornschwaggle segment. And if not, Danny's going to ask me, and maybe I'll be a winner. No, you can't. <laughs> I you can't. can't do it. No, Son we're not going to let. We're not going to let you be a lucky wiener of anything, Tom. Son of a gun. Uh, Son of a gun. So uh, we've been talking a little bit of deer hunting. Uh, pheasant, uh, pheasant hunting is going on right now. And uh, it is surprising the number of state lands that do stock pheasants. Uh, you'd really be surprised. Now I mentioned you can get that, uh, um, I believe it's the Hunt Wild app from the Wisconsin DNR, which shows public hunting grounds. And uh, this year... Uh, as last year, they're going to be releasing uh, extra pheasants during the holiday season. So the DNR is going to increase uh, hunting opportunities this holiday season. And this year, it's going to expand to 25 state properties. So basically, uh, that holiday uh, stocking will be during the week of December 20th. Uh, so that's going to be right around that Christmas time. So that would be a great time after, uh, you know, you think hunting's done, you're done deer hunting, maybe you're done bow hunting as well, uh, and you want to take a good walk in the woods, get some exercise, and go take a walk during a nice snowy day. Uh, that's a great opportunity to get out there. And uh, there's a whole bunch of, if you go to the DNR website, there's a whole bunch of properties that are listed uh, as far as where they're releasing. It looks like, like I said, 25 properties now. Mostly down south, uh, in, around our area. I'm looking here, I see Green, Rock, Dane, uh, Columbia, Fond du Lac, Washington, Jefferson. And uh, let's see, uh, let's see, well, I don't, Waukesha, uh, Vernon, Vernon Wildlife in Waukesha. So 
Lafayette. So a lot of uh, local areas. So that would be something to acquaint yourself with. And maybe you'll be lucky. You'll get there right after the truck just released the pheasants. So. Yeah, I, I would recommend, though, if if you have a good dog to take a dog with you to, that knows how to, you know, hunt pheasant because if you're just walking out there, you, you could walk right by them, you know, and they'll yeah, never yeah. flush. I used to have an old girlfriend, Ann. I'd just say, go walk through that brush, Ann, and see what you can chase out to me. She, <laughs> she was a good girl. I never – problem was she'd always lose the tracks of the rabbits. I'd send her out. I'd, I'd jump a rabbit. I'd have my twenty two. And I'd say, okay, and follow these tracks, and come on, it'll cir- you'll circle the rabble, rabbit right to me. So she was my beagle, but she was a bad beagle because she'd come back after about half an hour and go, Dan, I lost the trail, I can't find it. And then I'd get all huffy and walk, and I'd flush the rabbit again, and I'd say, come on now, follow it this time and chase it to me. So um, should have married that girl. But right now I got, we got, I think we have a contestant for the Hornswoggle, all Tom. Right. All right, let's go to Kurt in Milwaukee. Kurt, how you doing? Good morning, Kurt. Fine, guys. How are you? Good. 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 You been doing any hunting or fishing lately? No, I haven't. Uh, last time I fished, it was up in uh, flying in Canada, but that was oh. the last time. Well, that's it's hard to top those flyings in Canada, and fortunately, uh, we can go back to Canada again. Maybe eventually, that lousy Canadian government will be begging us to come back. Normally, they're normally they make it so tough so tough to get across the goddamn border up there that's right uh, that's right yeah yeah be easier crossing the southern border i tell you that so anyway uh here (laughs) we go that right topic (laughs) hey we should put the canadians in charge of the southern border oh yeah oh yeah i'll tell you what they they lock her down so anyway the topic is fish because you know tom and i've been talking a lot about uh fish so here we go uh, when eating king salmon, otherwise known as Chinook salmon, if you're going to cook them regular, you're better off catching them in the middle of the summer when they're nice and silvery, as opposed to later in the fall when they come in and they're dying and they turn dark. At that point, they're best smoked. Uh, hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? No hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. Very good. Go. Very good. Yeah. That's I, I think Tom, what they say, don't when they come on in the fall and turn all black, what is it that they get soft? Isn't that it? That the the flesh gets soft? I've heard. Well, and it's decaying flesh. I wouldn't want to eat that. <laughs> you know? Tom, why do you got to put it like that? You know, I mean. It's, well, it is. It's geez, decaying. It's dying. Decaying flesh. It's, okay, great. All right, so let's go get some. Pleasing. I'm gonna smoke some decaying flesh. That'll be good. This will be like one of those zombie shows okay so you're one out of one all you need is one more uh smallmouth bass when they come out of the nice pristine cold waters of green bay smallmouth bass can actually be quite tasty hornswoggle or no hornswoggle no hornswoggle no hornswoggle all right there we go. very very good very good and uh let's see here smelt smelt uh when eating smelt or cleaning smelt you really don't have to worry about scales on smelt hornswoggle or no hornswoggle no hornswoggle no hornswoggle oh i don't know i always worry about the scales on smelt smelt. i always i always uh take a spoon over them Nah, we never bought. Yeah, we, we, 
me no bother that. We just cut the head off, slit the belly, run your finger or toothbrush down, well, and... You, you guys would eat them raw, anyway. <laughs> well, no, no, I wasn't that crazy. I mean, I never drank enough beer out there on the beach to want to swallow a live fish, but, you know, I'm sure I've got some lunkhead buddies who have... But uh, we'll put you on hold there. Make sure you leave your address with Sam I Am, and I will mail that $10 gift certificate out to you this week. All righty. Thanks, guys. Have All a great right. day. Thanks for listening. Yep. Gotcha. Did I ever oh. tell you about the time we fooled the game? I think I did tell you about the time we fooled the game warden when we were smelting. Okay, now, is statute of limitations up on this where uh, I'm not yeah, going to have my partner okay. get arrested? We, we, we actually didn't do anything illegal. And you know what? It's uh, actually we got to go to a break. We got two minutes of commercials, so I'll save that story for when we come back at seven o'clock. And I know Danny's got some good stuff he wants to talk about as well in the second hour. So, folks, stay tuned. Just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back with more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP. Odyssey Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! Ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train! All aboard! <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoors Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, welcome back for the second hour, folks, of the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. We got a lot in store for you in the next hour, so uh, don't go anywhere. Get that second cup of coffee or third or fourth, whatever it is. And uh, sit back and take a lickson if you're driving down the road somewhere. Uh, we, you know, I hope you stay safe, you know, driving down the road. And uh, anyway, it's going to be a beautiful weekend today, Sunday and Monday, beautiful temperatures. So if you get a chance to get out, do a little fishing before it starts to get cold again, now's your chance. Anyway, good morning, Danny. Good morning, Sam. For the second time, I hope everybody's doing well. Doing good. I'm still alive after the first hour here. Tom survived, and uh, hopefully all of our listeners, hopefully we haven't lost anybody. Uh, yeah. Hey, so, Tom, I uh, I discovered, I, I, thought I had a great discovery this week. I'm, I'm really excited to share this, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell the excitement in your voice, Tom. You okay. know, when you're not interested in something, it really comes through in your voice. <laughs> Oh, you don't hide. You don't hide your disdain very well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm you, waiting for it. I'm you're waiting. Okay. You're okay. I mean, you must have never really fooled your wife much. I mean, uh, you really, yeah. So, except when you acted in that movie that time, uh, that you did a good acting job there. So, anyway, I found a new shooting range. Um, now, I uh, I typically like to go to McMiller, and uh, you know they they they're generally pretty reasonable. Although, like I I was talking on one of our previous shows. Um, you, you, you want to make sure you bring a staple gun with you or uh, some duct tape or some clips to put your target up. Otherwise, they're going to sock you uh, a big price to buy these little clips to clip your target on. So uh, make sure you bring that with you. And also remember your chamber flag because 
the chamber flag you got to put in in between this uh, cease fires and it's used to be a 50 cent now it's a dollar my problem is every time i go there i forget my chamber flag and have to buy another one which means i got about 30 of them in a desk drawer and i'll probably forget next time i go too but anyway they were closed on monday and uh i wanted to shoot i think i talked about this way 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 back our friend tom sold me his kimber 3006 classic deluxe uh real nice uh uh rifle he gave me a really good deal and he got me some and it included a bunch of uh nosler acubond uh trophy trophy custom uh which i'll talk a little bit uh after our next break i want to talk about the ammo shortage a bit but anyway it came with a scope where you actually it's the leopold and i got the vx 3hd included with it is you can send in the ballistics of your load of the particular ammo that you're shooting in this case it was the 165 grain nosler acubon 2800 feet per second you send that information in along with the average elevation that you're going to be hunting so i had to look wisconsin what our average you know height above sea level is because that can affect affect bullet flight uh, average temperature that you're going to be shooting it at because a 20 degree difference in temperature up or down can impact uh, uh, height of impact by half an inch to an inch so i had to send all that in and i got my custom dial i had gone to mcmiller i sighted it in at 100 yards and with this custom dial you can if installed properly let's say you want to shoot at 300 yards you dial it up click 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 to until it says three uh, if you want to go to 400 dial it up to four so i had it zeroed at 100 and i wanted to make sure that first of all that it was in fact zeroed at 100 and then i wanted to try and shoot further now mcmiller has 300 yards which i thought would be good but they were closed on monday so i went online and i found a fabulous range fabulous the Shyocton, Shyocton uh, rifle range. Now, it'll be a little bit of a drive for you guys driving from Milwaukee. It'll be about 115 miles, I'm thinking. I think it was 110 miles from the range to my place in Pewaukee. So it'll be a little bit of a drive. But they've got a range, costs five bucks. That's it, it's $5. You self-pay when you go in there, kind of like when you launch a boat. So you self-pay, put the thing in, grab the little, carry that little stub with you and uh, they've got a range they've got a 50 yard range a 100 yard range and then they've got another range that goes 200 yards i think it goes all the way to 600 yards tom um and it's a really nice range the the benches are way better than the ones at mcmiller when i go to mcmiller it's some old you know kind of folding chairs and half the time i'm sitting too low on the bench and i gotta you know, like like a little kid at the dinner table i gotta put a block to boost myself up these are nice nicely you know perfect height nice balanced uh table and uh chairs and they got targets like i said um you know at the big range i was at 200 all the way to like i said close to six and i actually shot and uh it was amazing tom i tried that i once again i checked my zero at 100 yards and i put two shots that you know hit would have hit a quarter right in the middle of the bullseye then when i turned it up to two now, typically, if you sight in at a 1.7 inches high with that 3006 load, that would put you right on at 200. Well, I've got it sighted in for 
100 yards exactly so all i got to do now is just dial it to the two and i again would have hit a quarter center bullseye and then i w went out to 400 yards 400 yard target i've never shot that far ever and quite honestly i don't know if i'd even take a 400 yard shot at a deer i know there's lots of lots of uh meatheads out there shooting their 6.5 creedmoors to a thousand yards and they're they want to go snipe a deer with a 20 pound rifle with at a thousand yards but not too practical in my book but anyway i took a shot at 400 yards dialed it up to four and i would highly recommend the leopold uh very x3 hd with the cds dial because it was really accurate i hit at 400 yards it was four inches off the dead center at about the two o'clock position but it was four inches and just up a little to the right and i was shooting with a bit of a, a wind at my back which causes the point point of impact to rise a little bit plus a little bit of a crosswind coming from my left which could easily cause that bullet to drift so taking into account that a uh, little bit of bullet drift with that wind that thing was deadly accurate really impressed with the leopold and uh, i would recommend it if you're ever going to go out west and do some long shooting because at 400 yards tom 306 even zeroed in at uh, 200 yards if you die if you sight it for a, a 1.7 inches high at 100 it'll put it dead on at 200 you're you're still going to be 22 inches low at 400 yards which means you'd just be guessing trying to hold it 12 15 inches above the back of a deer with this system you just dial it and you're dead on and that that Chiocton range let me tell you uh kudos to the city of Chiocton for putting that range together um and uh, they do have you know they they have a list of regulations right there when you get there telling you what to do it's really not wasn't manned with anybody it was kind of like a self-service type thing but uh it was uh i think it's a great resource and if it, the other nice thing about it go on a weekday and i was the only guy at that 200 plus yard range there were two guys that left uh when i got there so the nice thing is you don't have somebody with their ak-47 and the muzzle brake sitting right next to you blasting off in your ear making you flinch every time you try and shoot which is kind of what i get at mcmiller a lot of times because there's so many people there uh you know it's still a good range there but i prefer to go to a range where nobody's there and i can take my time and not not be bothered and five bucks i mean it's a great deal yeah that sounds like it and, and a lot of our listeners, Tom, are going to be looking to go and sight in uh, like I would do it now and get it done this week. Because, and you know, it's funny. Uh, well, not funny, but um, a lot of sporting, a lot of uh, Daniel Boone, some of the different uh, sporting clubs will have sight in days. And in past years, we've listed those. But if any of our listeners are out there, you belong to a local gun club, you want to announce your sight in days, give us a call, 414 799-1250 and what i was going to say tom it's funny it is funny the number of people that will wait like the day before deer season to try yeah. and go sight in you know what i mean yep, they, yep. the very last minute i i was up in green bay years ago at the De Pere sportsman's club you'd be standing in line <laughs> standing in yeah. line waiting to get in there yeah you think people would do that ahead of time 
yeah yeah definitely uh yeah definitely you want to uh you want to try and get in there ahead of time and now now for your son is has he done a lot of deer hunting yet now i i guess you said he got the one that uh oh yeah he, he th- got a doe uh a couple weeks ago and now he got this other one uh just a day or two ago so so he oh, might end up getting a buck now this weekend so Okay, so he's still he's still out there, and you yeah, said he's yeah, got he's... both the bow and the crossbow. Yeah, right. And I don't right now. I don't know which one he's using. I don't know for sure. So now he's going to be gun hunting as well, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll okay. go up just for one weekend gun hunting. So I I imagine he's probably going to be sighting his rifle in uh, pretty soon. I Although, think, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he might have done it already. You know, they say, you, they say you should sight in every year. Um, you know, years ago when I wasn't into the hunting as much, I was in my 20s, early 30s, and I would still go up and do the deer hunt with, with my dad. And uh, he had the 3006 pump that he had sold to me way back when, and, and I've shot a lot of deer with it. And he'd often go, uh, do you want me to sight it in? And I'd be like, nah, it's on. Don't worry about it. He'd say, well, I'll take a shot at a tree, and he'd maybe take a shot at a tree. But I'll tell you, in over 25 years, uh, I was shooting, I believe, 165-grain Federal Sierra boat tail bullets out of the 3006. And that thing was deadly accurate for a pump as good as a bolt action. I never adjusted the sights ever, ever. Never had to. It was always right on. But, you know, then again, they do say you should, that shit, point of impact can shift from year to year. Uh, you might accidentally bump your scope or might get banged around in the truck or something like that. So they do recommend that you uh, that you do take a shot and make sure that it's shooting straight. I guess if the buck of your lifetime shows up and you go to shoot and you miss, it walks away inexplicably and you go to shoot later on and it's shooting a foot high or whatever, then you're going to be kicking yourself that you didn't sight in. Yeah, that's true. You got a point there. So shoot and shoot now that's my advice there <laughs> shoot and shoot now did you ever shoot at one of those running targets yeah i did uh i took my 32 special uh right after i had lasik surgery years ago and i hadn't shot that 32 lever action open sights in years and uh i went to the range i went i, I think i went to the range that got closed the one out here in delafield um and i did that one and uh First, I shot at the 100 yards off the bench, and it was right in there. Then I took an offhand shot, for, you know, stood above the bench and hit it right in there. And then I went to the running one, and I hit it, I don't know if I did it six, seven times. I did hit it twice out of the six, seven times. And I tried to do it where I didn't have the, I didn't have the rifle shouldered. I tried to have it down as you would in a real-life situation and then snap it up and, and shoot. Um so yeah, that was interesting. Uh, that, that was fun. I do think, I know a lot of people like to say open sights easier for deer, but the problem with the open sights is if you have one of those little carbines, if you don't get that front bead right down into the bottom of the buckhorn sights, you're going to shoot high every time. Uh, so when you're shooting at a running target, you got to line up three things, back sight, front sight, and the target. With uh, a scope, it's, it's way easier. Uh, you just put the crosshairs, you know, right on the target or right in front of the target. 
and you don't have to worry about lining a front sight up and a back sight. And years ago, when scopes weren't near as good, people, the old timers, still preferred open sights. The problem was is some of the scopes had such narrow fields of view that if a deer ran by them close in the thick woods, they couldn't find the deer in their scope, and then it was gone. So that's why years ago they, they, the old timers preferred open sights for running. But nowadays with the scopes, I mean, the quality of stuff that they're coming up with, and for reasonable prices, uh, you really can't beat having a scope on a firearm nowadays. Well, there you have it, folks, all about scopes. And with that, we'll be right back right after this quick message. So uh, hang on to your seats here on the crazy train. We'll be back with more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tom Neubauer, expert bass fisherman, and Sam, all-around techno expert on the boards. And uh, any questions or comments, you can give us a call, 414-799-1250, or email us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And Tom, you haven't mentioned, have we, did we get any emails this week, or is the cupboard bare? No, no emails this week, but I do have a question for Sam. Sam, are you there? Yes, sir. What do you think the ch- uh, Packers' chances are this Sunday? I wouldn't count them out. Rami and I both predicted them to win yesterday. I had a more lower-scoring game, um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to rule them out, given out what Matt LaFleur did with this Packers team last week with how many people they had out. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think they're going to rely more on the running game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it'll be more of like a 50-50 split, kind of like we saw last week, and then they'll use Aaron Jones a lot more in the passing game too. But, man, it's going to be nice having Devontae and Alan Lazard back too since we lost Robert Tunyon for the year. Well, as long as they can get the ball to those guys, that's the main thing. Yeah, I mean, you just got to take advantage of that Kansas City defense. If you let Kansas City, you know, blitz Jordan Love and get a couple sacks, then, yeah, it might be game over real quick. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gone smelt fishing? <laughs> no. Have you ever eaten smelt? No, I think I've only gone fishing maybe three or four times in my life. But, but you've never eaten the smelt, huh? No. Oh, okay. We're going to have to try to get you some of those. But anyway, okay. I'll try it. All right. Um, I was going to tell you about how the time we uh, fooled a game warden years ago, smelt fishing up by Dykesville. And that's on the Bay of Green Bay. And uh, just uh, just a little north of Green Bay. Anyway, uh, as we were dragging our net through the water, through the icy waters of Green Bay, uh, we would get we were getting suckers along with the smelt, and we were taking those suckers and we were actually throwing them in a bucket to take them home because my mother-in-law would pickle them and she did a heck of a great job at that. But we didn't call them suckers as we were bringing them on shore. We were saying, oh, that's a nice trout. What kind of trout is that? I don't know. Is that a brown trout? I don't know. And we kept talking about these fish and talking loud about these, because, of course, there was alcohol involved. And we're talking loud about these trout that were thrown in the buckets, which were actually sucker uh, uh, suckers and chubs. Well, it didn't take too long, and a guy come walking over by us and, Dressed like normal, you know, uh, you know, smelt fishermen, and 
he says, so you guys are getting some trout, huh? And I said, oh, yeah, look at them dandies. And I pointed in a bucket, and he looks down, and he said, those aren't trout. And we all started laughing. He showed us his badge, and he was from the DNR. <laughs> Here he thought we were, you know, illegally keeping trout, which, of course, we wouldn't. So the, you know, the joke was on him. Oh, the yoke was on him. Yes. He wasn't upset? No, he wasn't upset. We offered him a drink, and uh, he, he he had to decline it because he was working. Right. So. <laughs> hey, if, uh, if, 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 if I get this connected, I've had to reconnect twice during the last three minutes, Tom. Oh, so, really? Oh, yeah, oh, I don't wow. know. The First, I got some static where I, you, it sounded like you and Sam were talking underwater, <laughs> and then, then the app just went out complete. So just... Hopefully we're okay now and we, we retain our connection here. All right. Um, All right. Reminds me of a story, though, um, um, where I was up smelt fishing. We used to fish right around the same area. I think Red River, Sugar Creek, I think, was one spot we would uh, uh, smelt fish. And we were by Algoma one time. And uh, hard to believe, but, well, I guess not. They, they catch pike in that river in Algoma. In fact, this fall, I was hearing they were getting a surprising number of pike when they were uh, fishing for the uh, fishing for the uh, trout. But uh, we caught a big, we had a big pike, and uh, we had it in the net, and we walked out and let it go. And right then, a warden walked up, introduced himself, showed his badge, and it was his way of saying that was a good thing you guys released that. He didn't really say that, but that's what he was doing. He was just kind of, I don't know, it, it was just comical how he had to say, just had to make it a point because he was just standing there like an innocent bystander as soon as we let it go, then he flashed us the badge. So, uh, yeah. And you know what? We'd never think about keeping it. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of fishermen that are kind of bandits. Uh, oh, that yeah. W- yeah, that would. And I'm sure you've seen people violating yourself when you've been out on the water uh the couple of times that i've seen it i called the dnr tip line and i okay. told them about it you know so yeah yeah i uh i'm trying to think there was one time we saw somebody somebody doing something oh uh years ago uh, i think it was early spring and you know they used to have the lake trout i think lake trout at one time was closed for you know during the winter months completely right. closed yeah yeah now i think they went back to the two fish rule and then after whatever sometime in later spring you can keep five of them but uh we were uh we were at somewhere on the bay of green bay and some guys came in with their boat and uh i think they'd been trolling walleyes and they were all excited because they had a bunch of trout and we looked in their boat me and dad and it was they had a bunch of lake trout and i mean they were by a landing getting ready to pull their boat out and we said hey uh you guys know lake trout's closed right now and they were all you know dumbfounded and shocked look on their face but let me tell you they you never saw a boat get packed up and drive away so fast in record time <laughs> they, yeah they, they got the heck out of dodge on that one uh and got out of there how about you know smelt fishing uh, we got pike in the net. We would get suckers too, various minnows along with the smelt. Um, I have seen some trout caught in the dip nets off the piers on Lake Michigan. Uh, 
Anything else that you ever did? You ever catch any other species of fish when you were smelt in the nets, no, Tom? No, no. Like you said, there were some minnows, uh, some kind of minnow. I don't know what they were. We would catch some suckers, you know, and every now and then we get a chub, you know, some chubs, and uh, those were real good smoked. But my, like I said, my mother-in-law, she would pickle these suckers, and I, I don't know exactly what she did. I wish I would have found out, you know, because. They were mighty tasty, you know. She did a heck of a good job, you know. So. Pickled, pickled, pickled suckers. suckers. Yeah. Now, now, I've heard of. I think I've heard of smoked suckers. Don't lot. Don't people smoke those as well? I don't know if they smoke the suckers. They do smoke the chubs out of Lake Michigan. You can still find those in stores. Smoked chubs from Lake now, Michigan. So. I, I remember years ago, and in, in different streams, I remember seeing people as I as I drive down the road. I'd see guys with waders and nets catching suckers deliberately, you know, in, in little creeks and different little streams. Seems to me uh, the little Suamico River years ago, I saw somebody way upstream netting suckers. Um, yeah, and, and I'm sure that they must have been using them for smoking or pickling as well, I'm guessing. Probably. And, you yeah. know, one more time, we got we to gotta do this. We got to remind everybody that November 11th is Veterans Day. And we want to thank all the veterans for what they do because, you know, we live in the land of the free because of the brave, our brave veterans that are out there. So we thank them for what they do. And November 11th is their day. So I think that's it until uh, the next break because we got to go to a break right now. And, uh, folks, if you got any questions, comments, fishing reports, whatever, hunting reports, 414-799-1250 or email us live at CEO Guys at yahoo.com. Danny and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for getting on board the crazy train. We're on the rails still. Haven't gone off the rails yet, Tom. And we've got about another uh, half-hour segment here, not counting commercial breaks. And, Tom, you were mentioning, uh, I heard your very fine ad that you recorded for MJ's Gunsmith. And uh, I want to talk, if it's okay, just a little bit about the ammo shortage. We've touched on it in previous weeks. Um, MJ's, of course, is a great little shop. And there's a lot of little places that you can go look and might be lucky to find some ammo. Uh, if you go to the big box, the fleet farms of the world, most of the cupboards like uh, Old Mother Hubbard, the cupboards are bare. Um, so some of those small places, you might be able to find some things. There's a great little sport shop. Uh, I mentioned it before. It's called John's Sport Shop. Uh, it's 2968 Jackson Street in Oshkosh. When I was in John's, uh, in th- it was late summer. They had a tremendous selection of shotgun ammo anyway. So if you want to do the bird hunting for the geese, pheasants, they had, they had a lot then, let me tell you. And they had more rifle ammo than what I'd seen in some of the other big boxes. So it's a nice little private place. So if you can find some of those spots, uh, I know one of our listeners, Nick, had uh, texted, texted me a couple of weeks ago about a place that he goes online to find, try and find ammo. I was talking, Tom, with our friend Randy, uh, who's one of the uh, 
one of the manor owners, managers up there at Midwestern Shooter Supply. And I, I asked Randy, I said, Randy, um, what uh, for the people that don't have ammo yet this year, I mean, what what's the deal? And he basically said they're screwed in so many words. And uh, it's interesting. Uh, he said they're getting some ammo here and there. But pretty much, uh, it's it's you know tough, slim pickings even right there right now, which is normally the greatest supplied gun shop around. They still got plenty of firearms, so if you want to get that new rifle or shotgun, and they got great fishing equipment as well there, I'd highly recommend seeing Randy at Midwest Shooter Supply. Um, but what? he mentioned this yeah. that here's what's going here's what's going on, Tom. The big the big uh, manufacturers like Federal. What they're doing now, and Nosler as well, they're selling online now. So oh. now that we got this Amazon order online type world, uh, Federal is realizing they can cut out the middleman, the stores, and sell directly to the consumers. And they're not charging cheap prices either. And there's all these people that have bought new guns and they have no idea what a box of 308 shells or whatever should normally cost. And they're paying through the nose, and they're ordering the stuff online directly. Uh, so I, I, after Randy told me that, uh, I went online, and I did check the federal site. Now, it is true. It looks like federal is selling online. However, most of the stuff is unavailable. Uh, same with Nosler. I went on to their site as well. But you can order directly, you know, add it to your cart right there and order direct. So in a way, that's kind of screwing the retailers, I think. Uh, what you can find, though, at Federal, if anybody is looking for 308 ammo for deer hunting, they do have uh, some 308 ammo, the ammo, at least when I went online. They've got the Sierra Matchkin, Match, yeah, Match King Boat Tail Hollow Point 168 grain. Now, it's a target bullet. So, you know, ideally, a hollow point isn't normally something you'd probably use for deer. But in a 308 caliber, at that grain, um, it's, it, you know, even though it's a target bullet, you hit a, you hit a deer in the du- double lung shot for a deer with that, as long as you're not hitting them in the shoulder necessarily. That should, you know, kill a deer just fine. Uh, they also have some of the 6.5 Creedmoor, uh, some of the Target stuff. They got the 5.56 Full Metal Jacket. And uh, then they do have some Barnes Triple Shock X 3030. Now, a lot of people out there have 3030s. And if you're not lucky to have a bunch of old boxes laying around of the old Remington Corlocked or Winchester PowerPoint, uh, you can get 3030 from Federal. But here's the deal, Tom. Fifty-one dollars and ninety-nine cents. Fifty-one, well, twenty for a box, man. Wow. Well, I yeah. wanted to ask you, uh, thirty odd six for a box of twenty. What are those generally going for? Okay, uh, funny you ask that. Now, like Tom, uh, when I bought, got my thirty oh six from our friend Tom, he included uh, ten boxes of Nosler one sixty-five grain trophy grade AccuBond. Now, back when I looked up online, I used to buy some things online, several online, Optics Planet, Notches, Shooter Supply, uh, Sportsman's Guide. There are certain online resources that you could order, order ammo from. And I believe their price that they listed for that 165 grain AccuBond uh, listed from, uh, for about 55 bucks. 
What if you go it? to the Nosler, Nosler site now, they've got it. It's out of stock, but at the Nosler site, $68.95 for a box. And then I went to, I think it was Optics Planet and looked. They they are out of stock as well. They listed them for $84. What about Federal? Uh, federal, uh, very expensive as well. Uh, like... Uh, I didn't write down the I didn't write down the 306 price. Here's here's a price they have on the 7mm mag, which a lot of deer hunters like to use a 7mm mag in Wisconsin. You can get a box of 7mm mag Nosler partition for $73.99. Now it it gets even more nuts. If you were going Tom to go up and go hunting for the big bears, uh, for example, a lot of people like to go to Alaska. They use a 375 H and H. Or they'll use a 338. Uh, Federal has uh, their trophy bonded bear claw 375 H&H box of 20, $128.99. Wow. So, and then Nosler, get this, Nosler has their 375. It, it didn't say H&H. I'm assuming it's the H&H. There is a 375 Federal load, very similar ballistics. They've got a 300 grain trophy grade safari partition bullet $208.35 for a box of those wow and then the 338 wind mag they got a box i forget what model but uh i think it's a 250 grain load for 91.55 even john he had a 416 remington magnum years ago uh you know It'll, it'll set you back $161 if you want to use the 416 Remington Magnum. So it's just crazy, the prices. Well, the, the reason I ask is my brother Bill called me the other yesterday, and he said, uh, I got I found this box of 30-odd, because he used to do a lot of deer hunting years ago. He says, I found this box of 30-odd, six federal uh, ammunition. He says, how much do you think I should sell that for? And I said, well, I really don't know what they're going for nowadays, you know. Well, so now I the, now I know. Well, now the the loads that I mentioned, Tom, are the premium grade. Right, I mean, they're I, like the premium. Like right. hand loaders used to only have these available, and now the major manufacturers like Federal, Nosler, Hornady, they're they're selling this custom ammo. Uh, but even just uh, the regular stuff is sold out. You know, like your Winchester, um, um, whatever they Winchester Super X they used to have. I think Power Shock or whatever. They got the Remington Corlock. Federal had Power Shock. Uh, Winchester had Power Point and Silver Tip, and even just your basic cup and core bullets that a guy used to be able to spend, you know, 10 to 20 bucks a box for. I would say uh, they're all sold out. You can't even find them anywhere, and uh, he, I, he could charge even just for some basic ammo. Uh, probably 50 bucks. I, I wouldn't wow. be surprised. I was at one of the uh, gunsmiths, uh, the one in Brookfield I went to, and they told me that uh, that last year, right around deer season, some people were paying up to $100 for a box of 3030 shells. Wow. So, so, well, maybe, uh, so maybe going online to Federal and buying for $51.99, go online and get those Triple Shock X 3030 premium bullets, I guess maybe that's not such a bad deal right now, but I'm thinking I've got premium loads. Uh, I'll bet you, you I've got a whole bunch of 3006 Barnes Triple Shock X that I paid 40 
45 bucks years i'll bet you i could sell those for 100 bucks a box right now at a gun show to the right person people they really want this stuff and they can't find it anywhere well i'll tell you what i mean i don't i don't know if my brother has anybody to sell these to or if he was looking for somebody but if anybody's interested they can email me at uh, ceo guys at yahoo.com and uh, if my brother is uh, selling them uh leave your number and i'll i'll transfer it over to him and uh so that might help yeah. somebody out yeah it may it definitely it definitely may and and if a guy even asked 50 bucks well that would not be out of line in today's market i wouldn't want i wouldn't go and charge someone 100 bucks oh no he, he i don't think so i think he'd probably charge somebody like 30 20 30 bucks you know right right and and i've got a bunch of stuff but i'm not selling mine because i you know i hunt i use this stuff so i'm just fortunate that i stocked up and when i got that rifle from tom he was kind enough to uh include those acubons so that's going to be my go-to load in that kimber mountain rifle and hopefully i can head out to montana and do a bear hunt maybe next spring yeah well that should work for that, that if if good. any of our listeners now nick uh he had uh texted me a place he finds some ammo online i mentioned john sporting goods up in uh Oshkosh, any of our listeners, if you got any tips for some of our other Cutting Edge Outdoors listeners, give us a call, 414-799-1250, if you got any idea on some spots people can find some ammo for hunting this year. As a matter of fact, we had, uh, last week we had this email. I just went in my trash folder to find it. This was one from James uh, last week. He said, I was just at Fletcher Arms in Waukesha, and uh, they had a bunch of ammo, but not rifle ammo. These were all, um, well, except for the 22, 22 WMR, 45 ACP. They had some firearm ammo, and then they had uh, some 12-gauge and 410. So yeah. Fletcher Arms in Waukesha, I guess, had they, some ammo. But 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 here's the, here's the thing. Uh, Everybody is so big into buying the AK-style uh, firearms now um, that it, those typically are chambered in 223, uh, 5.56, which is very similar cartridge. Uh, right. Um, and so, and 9mm uh, is a very pop, popular handgun cartridge, and I think even some carbines handle 9mm. And for self-defense, you know, for people, you know, getting ready for the zombie apocalypse, those two calibers are popular. You can find that stuff in the store shelves. Uh, you know, it used to be you couldn't find that. With the previous ammo shortage, I think those were some of the harder ones to find. And you'd still be able to find the deer, deer ammo. Now it's kind of reversed. I don't know if with all those buyers of those firearms, if the manufacturers stepped up the making of the uh, of the nine millimeter or that 223 stuff. Now most of it's full metal jacket for the 223, but people don't care. They're not using it for hunting. Full metal jacket does not expand. You don't want to use that on a deer or anything like that. But that you can find that stuff, but you can't find the other stuff. Uh, and we got to go to break soon. One other interesting thing of note, I heard that. Uh, uh, Russia, we used to import some ammo from Russia, but apparently uh, the Biden administration has banned, I, I read this somewhere, banned the importing of any ammo in Russia. And I think it was in response to them 
possibly uh, killing some diplomat or whatever they did. Uh, Putin bumped somebody off, and that was that was their response. But the article that I read indicated that that was just a ruse. It was it it wasn't to punish Russia. It was more to make more to put more of a cramp on ammo availability for for us. That that, that that that's why that was done. At least that's what the article uh, kind of said. But I don't know what the truth there is as well. But you know, but that's further putting a uh, you know kind of making it kind of a market really tight. So, bottom line, I guess get your ammo when you can. Well, the administration and our government—they've always tried, except for Trump. They were trying to get rid of guns, but they couldn't. So they figured, well, we'll get rid of the ammo. And so, what if you got guns if you don't have any ammo? You know. Well, I, you know, I don't know if that, you know, the last real ammo shortage under Obama, I had heard a rumor that the government was deliberately buying it up so that it wasn't available. But then I heard that no, that's not necessarily true. The manufacturers always supply the government orders first, and that was just commonplace. Uh-huh. So who knows what who knows what the truth is on it? But right now, I'll tell you what: uh, if I had money to put in a stock market, I think I would invest in federal because there's there people are always going to be buying ammo, and I know they expanded. Uh, I know they bought they took over Remington now. So uh, tip to you guys out there: go buy some stock in federal if you can. Well, another thing we got to do is we got to go to a break. Last one of the day, last break, folks. So just to remind you, uh, well, never mind about the phone number or the email. We're getting to the end of the show. So just stay tuned, folks. There'll be a few extra minutes with some ads. We've got to pay a few bills, and we'll be right back with the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to the final segment of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks again for being with us, uh, all of our listeners. We appreciate you all. And uh, Tom, uh, with, uh, one thing I wanted to mention here before we're done here, I, uh, I belong to this, uh, it's like a face group, Facebook group. It's called Next Door Pewaukee. So it's kind of like a local kind of Facebook where, you know, everybody's putting posts in there and this and that. And, and you get a lot of people kind of like the Facebook mentality where people want to post like, uh, you know, what kind of rice do you put in your pudding or, you know, all these, you know, putting a post just to put a post. But every, periodically, especially being out here kind of in the country, so to speak, there's posts about wildlife that somebody sees a coyote or whatever. And there was a post this week that somebody thought they saw a wolf. And it wouldn't go away. It was hanging around their yard. Um, there was another post somebody's talking about. There's a, uh, a, dis- a raccoon with distemper. They s- saw a very sick raccoon hanging around at the bottom of the street. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, raccoon, that could possibly be rabies. You know, I, oh, yeah. you know, definitely. And if it were my druthers, uh, you know, I'd go out and shoot the thing in the head with a 22, but I guess I can't say that, you know, it, you know, where the police would see you do that or a good pellet rifle to the head. But you definitely want to stay away from those sick animals. I have a hard time believing a wolf would just be hanging around, maybe a bold coyote. And that's kind of what the response is back. You know, a lot of people are coming back going, oh, it was a coyote. Uh, oh, it's a 
koi dog. It's a cross between a dog and a coyote. Oh, it's a koi wolf. Everybody likes to, all these so-called wildlife, neighborhood wildlife experts seem to think they're an expert in the inbreeding of dogs, wolves, and coyotes. Uh, my guess is it's probably a big coyote. But the other thing that strikes me is the number of snarky comments in social media now because the person just puts a post out about the wolf watch out it's hanging around watch your little dogs and whether it's a wolf or coyote whatever somebody has to come back and make a comment like oh all you city people moved to move out here to the to the suburbs and or out here in the country now you're going to complain about the wildlife and i'm thinking they weren't complaining they were just saying hey watch out you know if you got your little dog so the 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 amount of people on social media that's what turns me off to the whole thing the amount of people on there that there's always somebody who's going to make a smart ass comment it just kills me right now i don't know why we're not civil with each other in today's world but there's it's like you used to go into a bar and every guy sitting at the bar you know they got their opinion you know and uh, they're gonna let you know it well basically with social media we've given everybody a seat at the bar and they're all making snarky comments now so are, are these are these anonymous comments? Uh, well, no, on these they actually have their name. Yeah, they actually oh, okay. have the name in most cases. Well, you know, but why would you? They, why? At least they got the guts to use their name. You know. I, I, I don't know what, but why do you got to say something disparaging anyway? If you can't say anything at nice, you know, don't, don't say, say anything you know. at all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right, right. So. Um, I know, like on uh, on Lake on a, that site, Lake Link. Oh, say, Every, oh, my God, I've, that's why I quit. Uh, I'll look yeah. on the, some fishing reports on there. It's valuable for that. But I wouldn't put a comment on there to, you know, save my life because talk about know-it-alls and snarky comments. My God, it's terrible. Well, the reason they do that is because it's anonymous, you know, and, and they'll, they'll, they'll say, say things anonymously that they would never say under their own name. And that's why they can be so snarky, like like you say, you know. Because yeah, and they well, they go by a handle, basically, yeah, I guess. A right? handle. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's it's an anonymous thing, you know. Years ago, when I was on Facebook, I I used my regular name, you know, Tom N. I didn't care if if they if they didn't like what I said, too bad, you know. <laughs> you know. So. <laughs> well, Tom, uh, you're still kind of that way. <laughs> well, I am. I mean, well, let's put it this way. I don't, I don't BS people. I tell it like it is. If they don't like it, that's too bad. At least they know where I'm coming from, you know? At and, least they know I'm not going to BS them. And, and, if, and you're not afraid to call BS as well. Well, that's right. I'm not because, let's face it, some people need to be called out on it, you know? There, there's no way that crappie is 20 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we had that, that uh, young fella who called... Said he caught a, a state record bass from his dock on Pewaukee Lake. Yeah, I remember and something like that. And here it turns out he sent this picture, and here you could tell by the slats on the on the pier it was about a 18, 19 incher. And I, I told him, you know, what's what. Yeah. <laughs> See, Tom, uh, I sometimes you just got to tell people the truth, you know. Not, not Tom. I'm different. In today's miserable dreary world i try and let people live their fantasy oh there, there's times i i let it go especially with little you can't tell little kids are truth you know little well, kids you, you gotta lie to them you know well let me ask you this 
if a little kid goes to show you a picture of a fish, you don't do the usual, no. I've all, I know what they look like. No, no, I would no. never do that, never. Uh-huh, no. Okay. So, anyway, that's all I got, Danny. I guess you do have a heart after all, Mr. Grinch and Christmas. That's my new nickname <laughs> for you, Grinch. So Of course I do. Big that's all I got as well, bear. buddy. <laughs> to all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Go out, do something nice for someone, my friends. No snarky comments. We'll talk to you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.